0: Welcome to the Pokes Report podcast. Zach Lancaster here, alongside Brian Murphy, coming to you uh, remotely once again. Uh, we each had some stuff we had to take care of, but we're on the normal day that we're wanting to we're wanting to record and release a podcast. How about that? It? That's all you can on ask for. Schedule. That's all you can ask for is is on schedule. It's one of my favorite funny to me
1: sayings that you'll hear a uh, broadcaster say on the, the offense wants to stay on schedule, which is like, you know, positive plays. No crap. That's yeah. like, <laughs> that's like saying, you know, the pitcher wants to stay on schedule, wants to throw more strikes than balls.
0: Is that, that's is you. that how that works? Yeah. Wow. I had, that's, a, that's always a funny one to me. I had no idea. Um, Have you
1: caught up on your sleep since the no. sleep deprived weekend?
0: No, not at all. Um, so the game ended what one right around one o'clock, give or take. Yep. And that's yep. that's what TD wanted. That's what Dorado wanted. Uh, to start their post game about one. Um, well, the problem with with road games is that the post game for radio is mostly recorded, so like they get that done pretty quick. And they do so because the team is trying to leave the stadium as quickly as humanly possible to get to the airport sure. to leave. Well, Gundy is going to be at the podium anywhere between 10 and 25 minutes after the game, like he would uh, for a home game. On it, Maybe a little bit quicker, right. to be honest, but it's yeah. only going to go like 12 to 19 minutes long. And then as soon as Mike's done, by the, by the time he's done and they bring in coordinators and players, the locker room is like 90% cleared out. And then by the time that's over, they're all on the bus. Like our, like Kansas State last year, we're talking to players, and as soon as we're done interviewing them, they're like the last guys on the bus and they're going to the airport. Well, also on the bus is media relations. <laughs> so they're trying to process post-game on the bus, in the airport, and they're trying to upload it to the Google Drive, well, the game ends right around 1, and I don't think they got... I don't think it was on the Google Drive until, like, 2.20. And so it takes 4 to 6 minutes to download, um, 4 to 10 minutes to process, and then you're looking, like, 4 to 10 to upload. I was in bed by, like, 3.15. But by that time you're at the point where you're too tired to sleep. So I laid in bed for like four, and I'm like, first of all, I'm on the tail end of like the adrenaline of watching and covering a game. And then like I laid in bed for probably an hour before I finally fell asleep. It was, it was miserable. You did a
1: fantastic job on the Pokes, Pokes report, keeping up with the chat, responding to people. You did a good job. I
0: appreciate that. I wish more people would join in. Um, I understand home games, you know, people are either they're at the game or they're at a bar or whatever, but road games, everyone should be in the chat. So for those of you that don't know, if you're listening to this PokesReport.com, I run a game thread, uh, it's score updates, injury updates. Uh, we got a, I got a, a, a live constant discussion going on in the comment section. We're talking plays and we're talking performances, which is what we're going to get into here. Uh, because, I don't know if I've seen a worse first-half performance from an offense than I did on Saturday. And 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 I'm going to try to be fair because the passing game wasn't horrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. But a couple of sacks and a couple of bad plays, and all of a sudden you go into halftime with zero rushing yards. What in the world was that?
1: And I don't know if I've ever seen a better second half defensive performance.
0: Yeah. I, well, it's funny because uh we're I'm sitting in my I'm sitting in my furniture showcase Lazy Boy, and uh I get a message from I'm getting a message from Brian, and it is twelve fifty AM on Saturday, another Jim Knowles second half shutout.
1: Uh, another one. They <laughs> yeah, they, they get named that by I'm gonna give you, Nardo go seven I'll
0: give Nardo some credit, but I didn't I didn't expect that. I mean that was I, yeah. I, I Arizona State's not great, you know, and and we knew that going in. We knew they weren't going to be good. Yeah. Uh, there were some moments where you're kind of scratching your head, but I think it was more OSU struggling to get the ball going uh or make stops on defense, but I never anticipated a shutout in the second half.
1: And really it was it was a shutout most of the second quarter as well. Mm-hmm. Um so it was more than 40 minutes of shutout. I was going to say, didn't they, didn't
0: they score that pretty early on in the second quarter? I think they did. Yeah. I can look that up real quick. Um, Uh, I've got the scoring right here. They scored, uh, they scored less than five minutes into the second half, into the second quarter. They scored it. uh, It was a, that was that 55 yard uh, touchdown pass from uh, Rashada to Badger. Uh, It was ten oh seven left in the second. And
1: really there were, there were only, so the, the drive in which they scored to go up seven Oh, um, that, that one kind of had you scratching your head because they just did whatever they wanted down the field. Yep. I mean, they were running left, running right. Scadabo, uh was was doing whatever he wanted. It was a little troubling that it took us until mid-third quarter to figure out, dude, he's not going to pass out of that. So run 11 at him. Yeah. And if he does pass, like, clap your hands and say, hey, good job, thanks.
0: But I uh, think when you look at that, that – was a, That was a little concerning. I think that but offense – the
1: 65-yarder. And that, like, that was it. Was the, that one drive? Yeah, and the sixty-five yard play. I think. About it. I
0: think when you look at that offense, the longer they're together, the more they play. I think Arizona State, like, they'll they'll be good when they get to the Big Twelve. I, I don't know how good, but they'll be better than they yeah. were when they get to the Big Twelve. But you you talked about second half shutout and. This is, there were a lot, the the game was more disconcerting because of the offense instead of the defense. Yeah. But when they scored, it allowed you to be frustrated about the defense. So you start the, and these are, this is Arizona State's drive chart. So the first, the first drive they had was three plays, seven yards, and a punt. Mm -hmm. The second play, or the second drive was 11 plays, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then there was a three and out. For negative three yards and a punt, and then they scored a touchdown. Four plays, seventy-five yards. Uh, let's see. I think a minute and fifty-one seconds was that. Was that scoring drive? And that was the that was the one that started on eleven fifty-eight in the second quarter and ended at ten oh seven. Now this, and
1: they got the two-point conversion on that one,
0: and they got the two-point conversion to go up. What was that? Fifteen to seven. I think 15, is what seven, it was. Uh-huh. And then they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more drives. So the, the the next drive started at 7:41 in the second quarter. Turnover on downs, ten plays, 22 yards. Uh, and then you can't really count this as a drive. But the next drive was the end of the half. Uh, one play, negative one yard. So that's that's a that's a good a kneel a that, kneel down. Yeah. yeah. You get they start off the second uh, the second half. Six plays, 35 yards. Turnover on downs. Uh, mm-hmm. Their next drive was on a kickoff, so after an Oklahoma State score, uh, they took over at nine o two. It was a two-minute and 21-second drive. They had five plays, 14 yards, interception. And then they went punt, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. Yep. I mean, I, I again, they're not a good team. They have some athletes, and, and it's what we talked about. I talked about it with you. I talked about it with Tom yep. on the pregame show. They have athletes, and there will be moments – where you're like, okay, this, damn, yeah, he's he's gonna be good, or he's gonna do this, or he's gonna do that. But for the most part, they're not a good team. And Oklahoma State, that defense really figured it out late, and that's that's all you can ask for. Whether you want to complain about Ben, but don't break. You can you can talk about the big plays you and and you can even go back to when Jim Knowles was here. You know, Knowles talked about having like we're gonna give up a big play every now and then. And, again, sure. I'm not saying that this defense is going to be as good as they were in 21 because you're not going to play a team like Arizona State every single week. But if that's the second-half performance that you're going to get while only allowing 15 points in the first half or less, I'll take it every single week because that defense well, is going to win you games.
1: How how many fans joke about that any team that has a backup quarterback can beat us? Because all, oh, yeah. all they got to do is put their backup in. You, you you go back to the Brock Purdy's, the Thompson out of K State, Skyler Thompson,
0: all these guys. <laughs> the Allen Allen so, Bowman's going out, and then his backup yeah. coming in. Right. Yeah. And
1: but Rashada, I mean he he throws an incredible ball. He reminded me a lot of Teddy Bridgewater when when Bridgewater was uh, was coming through college. Everything was a spiral. Everything was 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 a perfect spiral, tight spiral. That pass that he threw to uh, to Badger was, I mean, it was on the money.
0: Well, and this kid's a 180-pound but freshman.
1: He is. But just like their coach talked about and we talked about on this last week, he started see he's a freshman. He started seeing ghosts. He started seeing, and then I think anybody that's listening and anybody, most people that are playing, when Colin Oliver starts rushing from the edge like he was during this game, you're going to be snapping the ball and a quicker clock in your head too. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Colin Oliver changed that game by moving down, and and I'm going to say Nardo changed the game by moving Colin down on the line. Vintage last year, he was in that two point stance, looking looking Demarcus Ware mean. He's coming to quote Deion Sanders as we uh, as we did to start this thing. Put them, them sunglasses back and on, man. On, but yeah, I probably need to it's bright in here. But no, he Colin Oliver changed that game. I hope that he's in that stance he's in that position more often gundy talked about it a little bit in his press conference even he's, he's very showy this year yeah. this is the first year i can remember that them having a, a camera guy that has to move the camera on during his uh during his press conferences i tell you they gotta get the audio fixed
0: especially in, two weeks in a row
1: but anyways um you know so oliver changed that game Uh, Jaleel Johnson at the end of the, at the end of, uh, the game in the fourth quarter made a huge presence. I thought it was interesting. I've been watching the, the ride on, um, on OSU max and they showed the end of training camp, the end of fall camp, coach Nardo gave out, um, he gave out two awards or gave out two lock chain lock things, whatever their award is. And Jaleel Johnson got it for the most sacks in fall camp. That's, that's how you play your way on the field. He's only what, redshirt freshman, yeah, right? He's young. 6'5, 250. That's a heck of a redshirt freshman, <laughs> you know. And then uh, I think it was Kale Smith, not KM, Kale Smith, that had like eight interceptions in fall camp. That's crazy. So hopefully 10 has been. I haven't looked to see if Tim's been. Uh, Kale Smith's been on the field much this year. Hopefully he's getting on the field because I like guys that the ball just happens to find their way to him. But um, no, I thought. I thought the defense. The defense did what they needed to do against an offense like that. Yeah. Uh, it took them, you know, it took them until the second quarter to really settle in. But once they did, um, you know, they they really looked. They looked in control. Uh, is what the defense looked like to me. The offense, dude. I, I'm so frustrated. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. I'm frustrated because, and and I think it's just that 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 slow progression from what the, the, the Whedon days, the, the Mason Runoff days, the type of, it just feels like the type of routes we run aren't even aggressive. They're short stuff. They're, you know, just get the ball out quick. Can we really not block long enough to run a post over the top of a safety ever? I thought that was the point of this whole running emphasis was to set up the old Josh Fields to Rashawn Woods play action. Where, where has that gone? That,
0: it went to that the, it it went to the second half.
1: We didn't want, we still didn't run a post route. Oh, I know, we, I, I know, I know. But, one.
0: but that's when, when I look at, when I and I, I understand your frustration. You know, I, I think that the offensive line through two games, and that's, you know, that's not saying a whole lot because it's only two games, but look at who you've played. But the offensive yep. line has been a massive disappointment. I I get that they were a little banged up in game one, but you're playing Central Arkansas. And and I get that Arizona State, they've got some athletes on that defense, but you're playing Arizona State. They're they're not gonna win very many games this year. They're just not. And and Oklahoma it took them two and a half quarters to finally figure out how to how to open up holes, how to block, how to give the quarterback enough time. And and I'll give Gunner I'll give Gunner some credit. I thought Gunner made a lot happen. I thought I thought the quarterbacks were were good. You know, I, I think there's still a lot to go, and I think that um, I think there's the, the the coaching staff needs to to kind of get this quarterback situation figured out. I it's not like they're just not okay. That's I I I do think people need to put Twitter down. I think they need to get off their phone, go touch some grass, and and take a couple of breaths. Because it's not like this coaching staff is like there were. I, I read a tweet today that was like, "I'm so frustrated with Coach Gundy and, and him him being just completely arrogant and and ignorant and blah blah blah." And it's like, you think he's he wants to play three quarterbacks? I, I, I it, and this isn't because he's afraid of a, a quarterback transferring, right? I mean, they're not, they're not they're not they're not sitting here going, "Well, I think some they could transfer, so we need to play all three to keep them all happy." They're, they're trying to figure this out. They're, they're not just sitting back saying, well, we'll just play three. We'll keep all our quarterbacks happy, and we know our fans are upset, but we don't care about that. They they want to get this figured out more than anybody, and that's and that's the thing. When you take a step back, if they can't run the ball, guess what? You're, you're telling me that Waz and Charlie Dickey are, are sitting there going, well, we got, we got zero yards in the first half. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> no, they they they're trying to figure it out. They don't know what the hell's going on. Yes, they get paid a lot of money, but they don't they they're trying to get it all figured out. They're not just sitting back with, you know, twiddling their thumbs trying to figure it out. So, every now and then it's okay to take a step back and and get off social media and and go and touch some grass. But with that said, when you look at the first half offensive line and I'm not the, the offensive line wasn't incredible in the second half but they they started to figure it out a little bit they started to to give Ollie more touches i think that uh, the depth issues for Arizona state and and some of the you know the the and i'm not saying they're not conditioned because they they spent all spring and summer but you start to run into some issues there and i think oklahoma state started to just like they did on defense i think they kind of settled down a little bit they're starting to get this stuff figured out and i i think that played into it but the second half was very refreshing you start to see some confidence show up. I think this this offense still has a long ways to go, but when they're when they're starting to run the ball and they're starting to hit holes and Ollie Gordon bounces off a defender and goes and picks up four or five more yards for a first down, the offensive line is like, "Okay, great, we're moving the ball," you know, and then they start to feel a little confident. I mean, it's all about it's all about confidence, all about it's all about mentality. Obviously, physicality as well, but when they're finally starting to move the ball, when they're connecting on passes, the offense is gonna to start to click. And now they need to do it a hell of a lot sooner. And I think that I think South Alabama they they're that's not gonna be the best team they play all year long, but they're pretty salty and they can't wait until the mid third quarter to get the offense going.
1: No, so it's two weeks in a row, by the way, that the offense turned around and started having some life with Ollie in the backfield. And who'd have thought that I know, right? The thing that bothers me about the whole—not necessarily the the quarterback thing, but the running back by running back by committee and always rotating. Yeah, all he goes out there and has it has that great drive, takes it into the end zone, and then it's what do you get rewarded with? All right, hey, come rest. He's nineteen; he'll be fine. Yeah, run. You know it. I think that you you establish you have to establish enough trust in these guys. Wozniak talking to him that he goes back out there that you can read body language and and also you have enough trust in them that they'll know when to say hey get get my next guy. These, these eleven know, touches
0: there and... are a little too much. I need I need a couple off.
1: Yes. Something. I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I think there, we always hear Gundy talk about riding the hot hand with the running backs and, and, you know, well, if a guy gets in there and, and really start is the, is the hot hand, maybe we go a little longer with him. It hasn't proven he hasn't done that. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, even that game, uh, the first game, central Arkansas, now all he had the 43 yard run called back, they hand it straight to him again. He has a, maybe a five, 10 yard run. And then I think he basically had a playoff and they gave it to him again. Yeah, at that point, dude's probably worn out. I love the fact that at that point you've got either on your right side a Jaden Nixon, go run in there, um, or, oh, my goodness, uh, Collins, Xavier Collins, or uh, Elijah Collins. yeah. Yeah, Collins, either one of you two go in there. But if the dudes had the hot hand, as soon as he looks at me and goes, all right, I'm good. You're, that that to me is how the hot hand works. But I, I'm I, like you said, I don't get paid like Wozniak and uh, and Dicky and and those guys. But at least you know they did they did figure it out at halftime. Robert came out uh, and was talking to Hunziker and Holcomb on the radio and said he goes, guys, it was a it was a really short defensive coaches meeting, and then they were giving it to the players. He goes, I didn't see the offensive coaches talking to the. Ob- they were in their meeting trying to figure it out. And sometimes I think that's what you got to do and go, guys, get back out there and stretch. We'll yeah. talk on the field. You know, we have communication ability. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you on it's got to start faster. It's got to – and South Alabama, we'll get to this here in a little bit. I've got a – I think we've got a pretty good breakdown on on South Alabama. But where where there's they have SEC size on the offensive and defensive line. So you're not going to be able to push these dudes around. Do they have the SEC strength? We'll see. Do they have the speed? Probably not. I mean, there is a reason that all these guys have transferred from an Ole Miss, from a Kentucky, from uh, there weren't any Alabamas on the offensive and defensive line, but from those schools to a South Bam. there's a reason. We got to figure that out in the game.
0: Yeah, and they return they return a lot of starters from last year. You know, I think they. If you if you went through college football, I think they return uh, more than quite a few, and that's they're they were a pretty salty team last year. They're again they're not oh, gonna yeah. they're not gonna be the best team that Oklahoma State faces all year, uh, but this is gonna be the first challenge, and it could be the biggest challenge they have for a couple of couple of weeks. Because I I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna try to sit here and say that uh, that Iowa State's not any good you know but they're they're struggling and they're typically not good to start the year so um i i don't know i mean i think i think you look at this and and i'm not i'm not calling for an upset i'm not saying that Oklahoma state's going to be on upset alert but i do think Oklahoma state's going to have to figure it out a hell of a lot sooner you can't you know the the offense you're going to have to figure out the line you're going to have to figure out the quarterback whether it's uh alright you know what we're going to we've sent you know Rangel out there, and Allen started a game. Well, guess what, Gunner, you're gonna. I've seen a lot of those theories on Twitter. We're gonna put Gunner you out there.
1: You got to think it's it's based on trend. It's Gunner, and then Rangel, and then Bowman. Yeah, um, and and we'll and, and
0: and if that's the case, like I I'll give Gunner a lot of credit. I thought Gunner has played a lot better than than I gave him credit for going into this year, and that's not because I didn't think he was gonna play well, but honestly, I didn't think he was gonna play. Because you've got Garrett Rangel, who has has played really well throughout the you know his snaps. Uh, you look at Alan Bowman; he's a guy that I think is still knocking some rust off, but he's your fifth year guy. He's a he's a guy that has a lot of experience, a lot of leadership, has played a lot of football, and so I really thought it was going to be between those two guys. And and Gunner is out there and proving everybody wrong. He's saying, you know what? None of you guys believed in me. You know, I know you guys like me. I know it wasn't personal but i'm proving y'all wrong. and i think he's playing really well. he's got a good rhythm with the offense. he's got a good rhythm in the backfield. but if you do if gunner is the guy or if garrett's the guy or allen's the guy, you can't, you know, you can't go out there and and have the the first drive be four plays, 24 yards punt, second drive, six plays, 18 yards punt, se- uh, third drive, seven plays, 19 yards punt, and then they you know they they scored right out of the gates in the second quarter, which is good. But then it was six plays, forty yards, and a field goal, and then they punt before the end of the before the end of halftime. And then they, and then they started to get rolling. But I'm not saying that South Alabama is going to go up twenty one to nothing on you. But if you wait until the second quarter, if you mm-hmm. have two, three, four drives in a row where you're punting, or you have a turnover, or you get you know you just can't get can't get the ball moving, the offensive line is struggling. It's not going to be as easy to come back yeah. against, you know, like Arizona State, what, 15 to 7 or, you know, you look at Central mm-hmm. Arkansas. And I'll I'll stay with it. I think I'll give Central Arkansas a lot of credit. You know, I thought they were a lot stronger, more physical, more ready. Uh I thought that I thought that they were better than a lot than a lot of people myself included gave them credit for, but at no point in that game was I worried or concerned that Oklahoma State was going to lose that game. I, I'd be lying if I wasn't thinking midway through that, that second quarter, thinking, okay, Arizona State, Oklahoma State's really struggling here. Maybe they've got a chance to do it, you know? And then the third quarter happens, and I'm like, okay, I, the defense is not going to allow points. Oh, was going to win this ball game. But I don't know if that's going to be the case against her. You have to get going early against South Alabama and you can't let up.
1: No, you're exactly right. I think that um, looking at South Alabama, let's start at the top. Their, their head coach Kane Womack. he's been there three years. you know you're talking about a a guy who has every coach is trying to go in and set a culture and do all this. Well they're they're 16 and 11 under him. They're winning games. Um, you know, they just played this year they've played two lane which they lost at Tulane. And then they played, uh, they played Southeast Louisiana. So whenever I went back in and, and was, was watching, watching highlights, watching some film, watching how players play the Tulane game weighs more than, than against a Southeast Louisiana. Sure. He's not going to, they're not picked very high in their conference. So they go in there and against Tulane, their quarterback, they, they get sacked five times. So you can, so Colin Oliver, Jaleel Johnson, those guys, Kirkland, those guys on the defensive line have to know that, hey, it's game on getting to the quarterback this game. Carter Bradley is their quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. He's not flashy. He's not, he's kind of a pocket guy. I think um I was looking at his longest run in his career is like 18 yards. And most of the time it's between in a game, it was between six. You know, it's kind of a, a wide open scramble sort of deal. Oh, you guys forgot about me, one play that sort of deal, but he's not a design run guy. Um, This isn't going to be something where we have to devote a linebacker to the quarterback for containment. Um, I think that our pass rush will give him fits. Now, are you going to, are you going to make him see ghosts like, like a freshman? No, probably not. But he's going to have to get the ball out quick, which is major Applewhite is their offensive coordinator. His thing is, West Coast, quick passes, completion. So we're going to have to press. We're going to have to be up on the line um, on the receivers in which Colin Lacey is their number one receiver. He's 5'10", 190. This guy's he's he's fast, but he's not 4'2", fast. He's not some Tyreek Hill that you got to, uh, which hooked me up in fantasy this week, by the way. Uh, but he's, he's not going to be, He's not going to be somebody that's going to take the head off of your defense. They had an 84-yard touchdown this last week to him. It was a six-yard pass in the air. It was a crossing route. He just happened to be wide open. Um, their number two receiver is probably out. Uh, Devin, I don't even know how to say his last name, Voison. V-O-I-S-I-N, Voisin.
0: I think so. Um,
1: you know, so he's out. They've got kind of a three, three-headed 3 monster at running back. Ladanian Webb is their – is their big guy, is their starter. He was preseason first team in the, in the conference, uh, but he's still, according to things I was reading on him, he's still getting, uh, he's kind of on a pitch count, like like pitchers. Um, he's trying to work into a full game. He had some off-season surgery, so he's, he's getting back in it. They got Kentrell Bullock that's behind him and Marco Lee Jr. So they're a little bit running back in the same situation we are where it's just kind of, hey, next man in there.
0: Um, well and I'll be I'll be curious to see if they have Webb on that pitch count because you know you look at, at their their leading back, Braylon McReynolds, breaks his clavicle, has surgery this past yep. week or this week. So yep. he's out for the quote unquote foreseeable future, you know, and then possibly the season. And and that's from that's from Womack earlier today. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean you look at you look at Webb and I'll be curious to see if they have him. On on that on that pitch count because he's a guy that you're going to absolutely need to be successful. I, I'm not saying like 25, 30, 30 touches or anything like that, but that with with McReynolds being out, I'll be curious to see about Webb.
1: Now what what's what's kind of fun? They have a lefty field goal kicker. You don't get too many of those. Diego Guajardo. Okay, so he was second team. He's been second team. He's been a, he's been a fine kicker. I'm not saying anything. But the interesting thing, I started thinking, and I asked my buddy Jay, I asked him, I said, what can you remember a lefty kicker? He remembers this stuff way better than I ever do. Do you remember a lefty kicker at OSU? And he started going back. No, no, no. We haven't had one in a long time. So I put it on Twitter to Hun and Robert Allen and, and Larry Reese. And then I had to I had to include Doug Shivers. If anybody doesn't follow Doug Shivers, you gotta look him up. He he puts um I'll I'll find his his uh his handle. Uh S- okay, Costas, C-A-S-D-A-S, 29. He posts a lot about a bunch of old, antique uh, Oklahoma State stuff. Anyways, I included him. He was the one who came up with it. Kevin Godfrey, 1981 to 1984. Doing a little bit of research on Kevin Godfrey for fun. A little digging. Apparently his thing, he was the kickoff guy. Apparently, he was not known for end over end kicks. These things would knuckleball. These things would be end over end. These things would be all over the place. However, he was a touchback specialist. And before he would kick off, he would look at the crowd and wave his arms like, come on, get up, get up, and get the crowd in a frenzy before he would kick it off. That needs to come back, Zach.
0: Are you talking about touchbacks?
1: touchbacks, wild <laughs> crowds on touchbacks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it all back. Now that was, so that, that was interesting, but uh, yeah, it's been been a long time since Oklahoma state has had uh, has had one, but we get to see one um, this week. So hopefully Corey black can uh, not be off sides this time and get back there and block from the other side.
0: Man, let me, let me pull this so up. Let me pull this up here because this was a game that we haven't had Hadn't had something like this happen in a while. Um,
1: while you're pulling that up, the last thing on South Alabama, yes. they do have – they do kind of that 12th man. Apparently, Ole Miss has a number 38 that's special to him. Number five, the number five jersey is special – a special number for South Alabama honoring a kid who, um, who was on the team back in like 2000, 99, 2000, was a team captain there, passed away during the year. They select a, a new player each game mm, to wear it. That's cool. The kid that is going to wear it this week um, probably would have played or been recruited by Zach Allen at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M. Mm,
0: okay. Uh, something that I think OSU, uh, and, and I, I guarantee they were running for it, uh, nine penalties for OSU in this past game for, for 62 yards. That's not something that happens that often. And when you look at it, they had uh they had let's see, where'd that go? They had two penalties on first down, and I'd have to I'd have to go through the plays because um I don't have the I don't have the list of penalties. Oh, here we go. Um I do have the list. So you had you had an offensive hold that would have been the eighteen yard gain by Elijah Collins that was called back, Dalton Cooper. Uh, Cole Birmingham, false start. Jaden Bray, false start. Jason Brooks, false start. You had to delay a game. Um, and then defensive penalties, you had, a, you had a defensive hold on Beeman. You had the, uh, the offsides on Corey Black. You had an offside on Deshaun Brown. And then a pass interference on Lyric Rawls. Not, there haven't been too many games over the years where Oklahoma State has that many penalties, especially penalties that have that big of an impact, and just looking at one of those Jason Brooks had a rough rough game
1: he did and and he was he was graded as he was the highest graded offensive lineman on the team last year so you know that he's you know that's a coachable oh absolutely coachable moment you know that people I'm worried about on the team and on the offensive line Jason Brooks ain't one of them no, but, and, but, and and I'm not and saying I'm surprised that. Surprised you didn't hear. I'm, su- I'm sorry. I'm surprised you didn't hear Gundy talk about the penalties. I'm sure he talked about it uh, with the team, but in publicly, normally he talks about that. Yeah, because again, when
0: you go back through it, I mean, Oklahoma State, at least recently in recent years, has been one of the more disciplined teams across college football. And if you go through that, you know, you go back through that list: holding, false start, false start, false start. Uh, delay a game. I, I'm a, that's start of the fourth quarter. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not tripping on that. Uh, but then you had a holding. You had an offside. You had an offside. The, a lot of a lot of mental penalties. A lot of penalties that you typically don't see Oklahoma State get. You're gonna get the. You're gonna get the rare. I don't want to say rare. Uh, you're gonna get the the random pass interference call just based on the way Duffy trains his corners. I mean. It is a very they, they are a very physical team. They are a very when you look at corners and safeties, they're very physical. They're they're in your face. Um, I don't want to say draped over the the receiver, but they play him really tight. They play him close and and I think you can go back to 2017, 2018 and you can start counting pass deflections, and Oklahoma State has a pretty significant amount of pass deflections over the last six to seven years. Going back mm-hmm. to, to Colby, his, what, what did he have, like 12 or 13 pass deflections or something wild way back in the day? I think he had that. the Iowa State game up in Ames was like six, like five or six pass deflections. So that's the kind the, those are the kind of d- the, the penalties that you're going to see typically from an Oklahoma state team, a pass interference just because they play so tight. But I I don't think you're going to see too many penalties in this upcoming game, at least like that mental penalties.
1: Yeah. Um, how about Alex Hale drilling one from over 50?
0: Yeah. was It about 52, I think is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Career, career uh, best. And, and what's interesting is is we thought going into the
1: year that the long field goal guy could be Logan Ward because yeah. of the the leg he's got.
0: Uh, he can, boom um,
1: he can. But it seems like it sounds like maybe if we had to go for a fifty five plus to win a game or something. But it seems like he's the uh, he's just the he's the kickoff guy right now. I'm pretty you know backup kicker. I'm sure. But um, and then West Paul. Woo! Yeah. That ball's still in the air.
0: Yeah that that kid. Yeah, he flipped the field.
1: It. So that that's fun to fun to watch. But well, uh, it's
0: something that I want. It's something that that Oklahoma State fans have been, and I want to say frustrated, in the sense that the the kicking game hasn't been good. But when you go back to when you go back to the Dan Bailey days, you know, I mean, you, Oklahoma State has traditionally had really good punters and really good kickers. And there's been a there's been a few games where, you know, kicks have been low and kicks have been wide. And uh, over the last five to six years, the kicking game hasn't quite been as strong. But it seems to me that the last couple of years and moving forward, that it kind of seems like they're getting back to the, the ways of old when it comes to the to special teams. So I, I think that's pretty special.
1: Yeah, I think so. Up this upcoming game, the thing that I'm most kind of interested to see is how Applewhite's dink and dunk West Coast offense, high completion percentage. That's what that's what he's all about. Versus Brian Nardos, yeah. You know, if you want to call it a bend but don't break, well, those two, those two kind of play hand in hand. If a guy wants to keep it underneath, typically your bend but don't breaks guys will go, okay, go ahead. You know, see if you can complete ten passes down the field. You know what frustrates fans more than anything a long drive. <laughs> you know when your team's on defense mm-hmm. and and not seeing being able to get anything done. So we'll see which one uh, who tries to get more aggressive first, Nardo or or Applewhite. I think we have the horses to get more aggressive uh, than than they do, but I don't know, man. What do you? Uh, I think what I think We're what you'll predicting. see from
0: this defense is I, I I agree I think that Oklahoma State I think Nardo will have this defense aggressive. My question is, are they aggressive and successful, or are they a little too aggressive? Are they a little overly aggressive, and they give up the a chunk play here or multiple first downs, and and all of a sudden South Alabama's in the red zone or they're kicking a field goal. You know, that's – because I think they'll be aggressive. And I think, I, I think this defense is going to be really solid this year. Again, I'm not going to predict 21, um, but I think this defense could be pretty damn good. And I think if – I think you'll see them be aggressive early because I, I agree with you. I think they have the dogs. I think they have the depth. I think they have the physicality and the speed. But there have been times in the first two games where you see that aggression and you see a guy overplay a ball or overplay a route and get burned or you know they're they're a little too amped up and they're missing a lot of tackles you know they're trying to they're trying to shoulder check somebody for a big hit and
1: instead of wrapping up players
0: right? nowadays i i think you could go to any football team from 5a oklahoma up to the nfl maybe not the nfl but just you know through throughout the college ranks you know, D two, D three, uh, N A I A, JUCO, Division one, Power five, Group of five player. It almost seems like players nowadays are coached offensively to expect the shoulder check. You know, they're 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 coached to expect that the the explosive pop instead of the wrap up. Or you know, we're not gonna you know, there, there's a lot of thud because I I think while Oklahoma State, you know, Mike's come out and said they don't tackle a lot in practice. I think there's a lot of teams that probably don't fully tackle sure. in practice, and I think that goes all the way down. I mean, and I think it's, I think the safety mandate is is a good thing for for football. I think you know you're seeing more teams all the way down to elementary school where the the uh, the, the shells that go over the the helmet, and I think you're seeing more and more teams wear the the trackers to, to track heart rate and, and monitors and stuff like that, and they're not tackling as much. Trying to keep the game not as physical and trying to keep players, you know, mental and uh, their their head safety, you know, high on the list. But I think because yeah, of that, like, it, and I knee think brace,
1: knee braces for all the
0: offense. Yeah, and I and, and I and I like a lot of that. But I, I think that you are seeing more and more defenses struggle. You know, I, I think that I, I think that's a that's been a pretty big, uh, at least in the first half in the first two games for Oklahoma State, trying to get back used to saying all right, you know what, we're not in practice. You know, we don't have to thud. We can go out and now we can't go too high because we're gonna get hit for a targeting, but there's a sweet spot and we can lay people out, we can wrap up, we can you, we can take down and hold on. We don't have to just kind of arm tackle or or kind of thud. So I I I think Oklahoma State will be aggressive. How aggressive or are they gonna to be too aggressive? I, I think is gonna be the key there. So
1: All right. Score prediction. What
0: do you think? Well, hell, twenty seven seems to be a pretty fun number. Um, so I'm going to go 35 to 21 Oklahoma state
1: 35, 21. And I think 21 might
0: be a little too, I I think 21 might be generous, but I, but I don't want to, I don't want to buy so deeply into this defense this early on because this is going to be the first real test.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I think, um, if I'm going, oof. 31. That's a good number. You know what? I'm going to go 27. Oklahoma state's going to score 27. We're going to stay on average and, uh, and it'll be the first time in, in school history. I'm sure that we, I was going to the say, there's a question for,
0: for Doug shivers. When's the last yeah, time Oklahoma state's the had three straight number of games. Points. Yeah.
1: Probably in like 1990, whenever we see it, it was zero. They probably got <laughs> shut out three games in a row or something, but Woof. Um, uh, man, I don't know. Let's go 27. Uh, I'll keep it a, an even number 27, 10. I'm going to, I am going to give our, I am going to give our defense a lot of credit. We're going to bend, but we will not break. Well, and and right. I thi- I, th- really, I really enjoyed this last week, man, doing the, uh, going around the big 12. There's yeah. some fun. There's some fun matchups this week. Oklahoma state, Alabama, South Alabama. Okay. We've talked, I think we've talked about it. I don't know.
0: Um, Oklahoma state, seven and a half points.
1: Yeah. Which it was only three and a half, three, three and a half out in Arizona. I, th-
0: I think I think injuries gonna, will play into that.
1: We're going to get into a very interesting point spread at the very end of this. Okay? Yes, we, we are. talked about it off air, so you're going to have to act like you don't already know the answer. But uh, um, give me your off air answer whenever I ask you here in a bit. Okay? Oh, okay,
0: okay. All
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got former rivalry, Kansas State, going to Missouri that be a fun. That should be a fun one. Nobody's gonna get to see it because it's on the SEC network, but uh, at least not on cable. If you got ESPN Plus, you can see it. But yeah, Kansas State at Missouri. What do you think?
0: Kansas State's gonna beat the brakes off Missouri.
1: Okay. Missouri, two and zero. But who
0: have they played? Anybody? Yeah, but Missouri's a Missouri's the home team, and they're five point dogs.
1: They are. Yeah, all they've gotten so far is South Dakota and. Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, I'll take I'll,
0: take, I'll take, I'll take K State in this one.
1: Okay. Um. So because they're our <laughs> opponent next week, Iowa State at Ohio.
0: Oh, you're skipping. Okay. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I don't care
0: about Baylor. I'll Long take Island.
1: Ohio. Yeah, generally not doing lower division games here. Well, I would take uh, probably. A-
0: I would probably take Long Island.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, Baylor was so, <laughs> so I had predicted. I had predicted Baylor would come out and and You were wrong, weren't you? Hold the hold the home court versus Utah. And I was looking great. I actually almost screenshot it and sent it to It was, was a hell of a it was a
0: hell of an ending, man. Pass it interference, was.
1: pass interference or no? It was definitely pass interference. 100%. You know who would say You know who would say it's not? Corey Black versus OU. Greatest pass Well, hey, listen.
0: Listen, was there a flag thrown? There was not. It wasn't pass interference then. No pass interference.
1: Uh, OU at Tulsa. Don't care. But I will say this: I went to the SMU SMU tailgate because I've got uh, my uncle uh, works for the department. Uh, my parents both went there. Dad played football down there. It's uh, my mom's whole side of the family. My grandfather was a Methodist preacher. Listen, I've got three favorite teams: Zach. I've got, I've got OSU, I've got SMU, and anybody playing OU. Well, so I had two I had two teams playing, you know, playing at the same time well, last
0: week. Well, I I'll buy into that because I am a member of the Stillwater First United Methodist Church. So, there you go. There
1: you go. So, yeah, they you know, walking to the tailgate, I had to help the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt. I had to help him find the tailgate cuz he was walking through this parking lot. Mm. I had blue on, he had blue on. He goes, "Hey, you know where the tailgate is?" And I was like, "Yes, I know who you are and where the tailgate is. Come with me." And uh, so me and just a billionaire walking through the parking lot, no, <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Um, but uh, yeah, so OU will OU will run through Tulsa. Yeah. Um, I thought SMU exposed a few things uh, for OU, and OU loves to get those third down penalties, idiots. But they, because uh, you know, on third down, why don't we get a penalty and give them a first down? Why not? Great idea. Why not? Uh, Miami of Ohio at Cincinnati. Mm,
0: I'll take Cincy.
1: Yeah, since he's going to roll in that one, BYU at Arkansas. It's very that's an interesting game.
0: It is, but Arkansas is playing at home. If it were if it were at BYU, I think they'd have a better chance. So I'll, I'll take Arkansas, but I'm not gonna I'm not counting BYU out. I don't think it's going to be like this obliteration or anything. I, I think they'll be in it, but I'll take Arkansas.
1: Don't they pit? Don't they call Pitt West Virginia the backyard brawl?
0: I think so. Yeah, isn't that what so. it's
1: called? Anyways, it's it's at West Virginia. Pitt's favored by one. What do you – uh? It's, that's a tight game. It's on ABC if anybody, you know, wants to – oh, wait, no, it's at 6.30 while we're playing at 6. So, if you're listening to this, you're probably watching the Oklahoma State game.
0: Probably. I'll take Pitt.
1: I'll take Westfall on that one. At home, night game. Night game's in, in West Virginia. Wild. Yeah, that's cool and all, but I have to, about – A lot of yingling going that,
0: around. That's cool, but I – well, I was going to say moonshine, but um, I got about yay much confidence – in, in West Virginia that's a zero
1: for anybody that doesn't see the, uh, the zoom.
0: That's a, here. that's a, that's a big odd. So I'll take, All I'll right, take
1: why Wyoming at Texas is going to be a blowout. Yeah, uh, I know Wyoming Texas man. going into Alabama and doing what they
0: did. Wolf. Yeah, I'm not, I, that was impressive. I'm not surprised per se. I, I did you go back. I think I had Alabama by a lot, but if you go back to last year, Texas almost beat Alabama in Austin. Um, that's a big game. Texas does have athletes, you know. I'm not gonna. I'll give them a lot of credit there. They recruit well. They got good athletes. Um, so they'll, they'll, they 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 would have got up for that game. I, I think that I, I think Quinn Ewers is is pretty good, and and they'll they'll be really tough to beat. But I'm not super surprised.
1: Watching Quinn Ewers and that Texas offense is what led to my frustration of our (laughs) off because sitting there watching that you think about going into into tuscaloosa into alabama man that's going to be that's a tough defense they hang their hat on defense there and then you watch Quinn Ewers just throw all over the top of them just going over the top whenever he wanted dropping dimes left and right end zone in the field it didn't matter he really looked good and that's that's scary for the rest of the big 12 honestly tcu at houston at Houston, who just lost the battle of the city of Houston
0: yeah, to Rice, yeah, wasn't close either. Um, I think TCU struggles. I think I think Houston struggles. Um, <laughs> it was close. It was 43-41, By the way, yeah, they came In second they, overtime. They came, they came way back. Um, yeah, second second overtime. I think I, I think I would take I I take Houston. I, I think the I think they're at home. Uh, I yeah. think they I think they got a lot of momentum uh, coming off that, coming off that game. I know they, you know, I, I would, I'll take, I'll take Houston. I, I think that, I think they'll be pretty amped up for this.
1: So Houston's quarterback, Donovan Smith, is that the kid from tech?
0: Is that I the think one? who was, So yeah,
1: he was the one from tech, huh?
0: I think so. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take Houston in this even without, yes, even dude. without Smith. I'll take Houston.
1: Interesting. And we'll get to Houston later on this year, but Donovan Smith, forty twenty four 24 of 42. That's a lot of passing attempts. 24 or 42, but also 16 carries, 16 rushes for 57 yards. Yeah. He he is the offense, no doubt. And uh, all right, last one, Kansas. at do you say Nevada or Nevada? What how do you say it?
0: Depends on my mood. <laughs> all
1: right, Kansas at Nevada.
0: Uh, I probably take Nevada.
1: What do you think the point spread? I'm just kidding.
0: What I would take Kansas. What do you think the point spread might be? Oh, well, what so was your,
1: what was your guess?
0: Seven. It was. I think it was like seven or seven and a half. Seven it is, is what it Kansas
1: was. Kansas by twenty eight and a half.
0: Yeah, and I'm not surprised. Um, uh, because when I because I am. Well, I, my the reason that I'm not is surprised, surprised is when you look at how Kansas has started the last two years. They're two and zero. They're playing well. Nevada's not that good of a football team. I get that it's at home for for Nevada, but I would. I think when you look at how Kansas is as lo, what Leipold has done for that that program, how they play really well early in the year, if they can stay healthy, I think they'll beat a couple teams they don't have any business beating. Uh, maybe that Texas Kansas game this year is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Who knows? But you know, maybe I am surprised a little bit that it's. Oh, they're not even playing Texas. Oh yeah, they are. There they are. That's uh, it's uh, the the thirtieth. But I, I think I'm surprised by the just how large that spread is, 28 points. But I'm I'm yeah. not surprised that Kansas' favorites, uh, like I said, I, I picked seven points, and I thought max would be, like, 12. <laughs> but this is, uh, yeah, this is pretty crazy. I don't know if they'll win by 28, but I, I'll i take KU for sure.
1: Well, that sounds good, man. That's the, that's the big 12.
0: That is the big 12, you know. We left out a couple teams because they're playing a couple of scrubbers. But we've yep. got uh, – we got Big 12 plays starting up here next week, and some some are starting now, and you're fixing to start seeing uh, the, the new Big 12 and the old Big 12. You know, t- TCU and Houston, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll really get into it next week, and certainly looking forward to seeing what this game's all about this week in Oklahoma State and South Alabama. But that's going to do it for the Pokes Report podcast. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com. For Brian Murphy, I'm Zach Lancaster. This is the Pokes Report podcast.